Philip is going to lead us this morning and uh, preach to us. So should we just pray for Philip? Lord, thank you for Philippa. Thank you so much that she is uh, one of those you have called in to serve you in this way. We thank you that you've uh, helped her to answer that call obediently, Lord. And uh, we just pray over her as a church for her uh, training this year, Lord. Equip her with everything she needs, Lord. She barks on this journey. And Lord, would you fill her with your spirit this morning as she expands on your word. Amen. Thank you. It's great to be with you. I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to um joining in with this series that we've started. Um I don't know if you've been here. If you haven't, we can catch up now on the podcast. Can we not, Phil? So if you've missed the last two weeks, um I'd really encourage you to actually catch up because it's been a really great couple of weeks. Um but we are doing a series called B, and it's based in the book of James. It's a really um, exciting series, and it's a really great opportunity for us to think a little bit about what it means to be the Word of God, what it means to be the Word. You know, our faith, the stuff we do here um, and out and about in the world, um, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? It's, it's more than just singing and listening, it's being. And so that's what we're thinking about, and we're using the book of James to do that, um, And so today we're going to read, first of all, from the book of James. Always a good place to start. Um, So if you'd like to turn with me to uh, James chapter 1, you'll find it on page 1147. And I'm going to start at verse 19. And it says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, And slow to become angry, because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror and after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like. But those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so I was just re- actually just wanted to say, I was just reminded as we were worshipping just now that um, as we're looking at James, um, it's actually really challenging and really uh, calls us into action. Um, and I just wanted to say that as we were, you know, as we were singing about God being a good, good father to just remind us that that's the context in which we talk about all of this, that our father is good and he loves us and we're loved by him. Um, and so 
yes, we need to think about these things and the challenges that come up from uh, listening to the word and doing it. But don't forget that that's always in the context of God loving us and that being our identity first. Um, So if we think a little bit about um, what we've just heard, what we've just read in James, um, the first thing that James clearly finds really, really important is listening. He says everyone should be quick to listen. Um, To James, listening is really, really important. And this passage is actually all about listening. If we want to be the word, firstly, we need to think about whether or not we're listening well. Um, I used to work in a school, and with little, partly with little people, and you would often say to them, many of you may have said this phrase, um, are we doing good listening? Are we doing good listening, everybody? And that actually means nobody's doing good listening. Um, And maybe James is saying that a little bit here. Are we doing good listening? Um, And are we doing good listening to the word? James gives us this picture, doesn't he, of a mirror. If we look at um, verse 23, he says, Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror and after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like. And Phil um, touched a little bit on this um, last week, on this picture of the mirror. And it just made me think about, um, maybe there's two types of people or maybe we all do both these types of things. But there's two ways of looking in the mirror. There's this way. That. You just quick, quick glance up and down. Yeah, my shoes go with my outfit. Yeah, my shirt's straight. Okay, let's go. Then there's the secret mirror looking. There's the stuff you do. I don't mean to be gross, but maybe with a pair of tweezers in hand. And you're looking at the mirror like this. And you're doing this. I'm not going to mime any further, but you know what else you're doing. You know there's picking and squeezing going involved. I'm sorry to make it gross, but that is true. So there's two ways, isn't there? There's the quick glance and there's the close-up. Let's have a real look at what's going on here. Let's have a look at these pores. Let's have a look at these wrinkles. Oh, my eye bags are looking a bit dodge. There's two ways of looking in a mirror, isn't there? I wonder how we listen to the word. I wonder whether we come to the word maybe here or in other contexts or personally in our lives when we come to the word and whether we do this. Yeah, we give it a quick glance. It's all right, still there. My Bible's still on my bedside table. Yeah, it's good. And we walk off. Or I wonder whether we're looking at it and letting it look back at us and at the details that we see about who we are. I wonder how we're listening James talks about how best we listen. He talks about it in verse 25, and he uses these words. He uses the word intently to think about listening to the word. Do we listen to the word intently? Do we try and cling on to every last word that we can hear of it? He says, those who continue in it. Do we continue in it? Do we look at the word? Do we listen to the word continually? Daily, hourly, is the word, are we continuing in the word? And he also says, um, those who don't forget it. So do we listen to the word, to give it a quick glance and walk off? Or do we look intently 
Do we continue in it? And most of all, do we remember it? And this isn't the space here now for us to talk about practically what that looks like, but I wonder whether there's a challenge for all of us there about the word, how we engage with the word, how we listen to the word, and whether we're doing those things and practically what those things look like. You know, in Psalm 119, it says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's something about the word which when we listen to it well, it lives in us. But, Verse 22 says this. Well, actually, in the message version, it says this, which I think is a bit stronger, but is a bit better. It says this. Don't fool yourself into thinking you're a listener. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener. We're kind of obsessed in our culture a little bit about um, learning styles, aren't we? How do we learn? How do we best learn? And those things are important. I'm not saying they're not. But some of us maybe think of ourselves as listeners. We're the people who come and we give it a good listen. Mm. Yeah. And then we carry on. But the, the scripture says, don't fool yourself into thinking you're a listener. None of us are listeners. And so the next thing, so that's the first thing. Listen, but don't just listen. The next challenge from James is, what he wants us to do, it'd be easy for us to look at this, at this passage and assume that our priority is just to not sin. What we need to do is just not do bad stuff. And, you know, James says that, doesn't he? He says in verse 21, get rid of all the moral filth. Get rid of it. And he says in verse 27, keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Don't do it. Stay away from it. Flee from the bad stuff. And when I was thinking about this, it made me think about um, the young man who approaches Jesus um, in Matthew 19. And he's a rich young man. And uh, he approaches Jesus and he says, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Um, And Jesus says, he carries on and says, You shouldn't murder, you shouldn't commit adultery, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't give false testimony. And the, the guy's like, Great, brilliant. I've done all of that since I was a kid. And then Jesus answers. Okay, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, then come follow me. He doesn't call us just to flee. He's not just saying, don't do it. He's saying do it. So don't just listen. Don't just flee. We've got to be. You know, verse 19, back in our James passage, says, God desires righteousness. He's calling us to be righteous people. And yeah, it does look like getting as far away from sin as we can. And it does look like listening really, really well to the word. But mostly, it looks like doing it. Getting on with it. It looks like being the word to the world. And you know, this, the reason why this series is called Be and Not Do 
is that we're not trying to think about stuff, good stuff we can do to make God happy with us. You know, good stuff we can figure out to get God on our good side. We're thinking about the fact that when we listen well to the word and when we turn away from sin, we become people. We become who God has made us to be. People who are changed by the word and therefore do what it says. Later on in the word, um, the psalm that I talked about just before, Psalm 119, it says that famous verse, the word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. The word doesn't just live in my heart, it lights my path, it shows the way to go, it guides my actions, it lights up what was previously dark and lets me see where I'm going, where God's taking me. Why do we need to be the word? Why do we need to get it from the word, particularly? You know, sometimes we can be really challenged by, by scripture. Sometimes scripture, sometimes our Bibles can sit and gather a layer of dust on the top. Sometimes it can be really tough to dig into scripture, to know what the word is all about, to even know where to begin with it. Why do we need to bother? Do you know what? Our emotions, who we are, the stuff that we're dealing with, the context that we're in, they change hourly. Do you know what? They sometimes change minute to minute. Sometimes we're thrilled one minute and then someone says something and we are devastated the next. We live in an emotionally led culture, but actually our emotions are not reliable. They change all the time. We can't rely on the fact that we're going to feel one way and that that is the way we should act. But do you know what? The word remains the same. The word stays the same. The word has always been and will always be the same. Yes, it's active. Yes, it lives in us. Yes, it says different things to us every time we come to it. But the word is the same. The word is reliable. And by accepting the word that's planted in our hearts and doing it, we know we're doing the right thing. Because the word always says it. The word is reliable. And this is amazing that I should be asked to come and share about this particular passage because um, this is something that has really, really been challenging me since I started my journey of this ordination training that I've been doing since September. This, it's been, I don't feel uncomfortable sharing this with you all because you're my church family, but it's been the toughest six weeks of my life, of our life for a family starting this journey for lots of reasons. I won't go into all of them, but for me, leaving my little girl, who's one, with someone else, with strangers, and coming to do this, it felt wrong, because I didn't want to leave her. And you know, and I, and the, to me, there was no reason why I should do that. It felt unnatural. It felt wrong. The team here have been amazing, walking me through it, praying with me. So many of you have gathered around us, prayed with us, supported us, and we're still really on a journey trying to figure it all out. But do you know what? It felt wrong. But every time I came to the word, I knew and I know that it's right. But it feels wrong because I don't want to leave my little girl. But I know that that's what God has called me to do.
And that is why, that's how faith looks like being, because it's faith now. It still doesn't feel good, but it's faith. And I know that it's what God has called me to do. But you might be... um, you might be thinking, that's all well and good for you, Philippa. God's called you to something. Clearly, you're going and doing it. But what about me? And do you know what? That's true. And do you know what as well? That actually this stuff, the stuff that I'm dealing with, the stuff that I'm going through, the thing I'm called to, it means nothing, really, compared to what James says we're all called to. Because it's all well and good me saying, be the word. What does that actually look like? If you're still not sure, check out verse 27. It says this. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. That's it. That's what God our Father accepts as pure and good, faultless. Look after those in our community who are vulnerable and who need our support, who need people around them. Look after those people, people who are in distress. So do you know what? In one sense, we all need to ask this question, but in another, we really, really don't need to sit there and ask, God, what are you calling me to? Because it's this. God is calling us to love the orphans and the widows, to love those people in our communities who have no homes, who have no jobs, who have no love in their lives, who have no family around them. Those are the people that God is calling us to look after. There's no getting away from it. So if you're thinking about how, how do I, how am I the word? How do I be? That's grammatically horrible, but you know what I mean. How do I be the word? That's how. So I'd love it if just for one 30-second block we could just think, how does, what does that look like for each of us? Who are those people in each of our lives? Because he's not calling all of us to quit our jobs and move somewhere else where that's a possibility. He's called you all here now in this place. So who are those people in our lives that we are called to look after? Who are the orphans and the widows? Who are the vulnerable? Because that is how we're going to be the word. So don't just listen. Don't just flee from sin. Let's, Let's be the word in that way in our communities today. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a good, good father and that we are loved by you. I thank you also, Lord, that you call us into something greater. Thank you, Lord, that you want to involve us in all that you're doing in this world. And Lord, I pray for the real challenge that that is to each of us. I pray that as we've been um, listening and particular people or situations have come to mind of those who are the most vulnerable, Lord, would you help us to figure out what it looks like to look after those people, both individually and, Lord, here as a community, as SPS. 
Thank you for the privilege that it is to be called to do that. Thank you that you don't want to do it on your own, Lord, but you want to involve each one of us in your plans for this world. Thank you, God. Amen.